Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, we have the end of the year episode when I was talking about. So it's just uh, pieces of the podcast that I, I kind of liked, either had fun on or I thought were really interesting. Um, from the beginning, I guess the oldest one's going to be Matt Florentino. And he's towards the end. But uh, funny stuff, and I'll kind of intro each one. Um, the first one that I have up is episode 26. It's a great episode if you guys want to check it out. If you haven't listened, Matt Koch and Charles Belnavis. Um, Matt talks about his first tattoo, and, and I, I lose it. It's fucking hilarious. So listen to this. It made me laugh. There's plenty of accidents with tattoos. I've got, two ta- <laughs> I've got three tattoos, and only two of them show. And uh, the first tattoo was a symbol of Mexican pride, I believe is what it was. <laughs> It was like a it was like a bird holding a snake. I think isn't it like isn't that like La Raza? I think it's part it's a, of the flag. I think it's an eagle, right? Holding a snake. Oh, yeah, is that La Raza? I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, yeah. Anyways, uh, I was I was twenty one. I was twenty one. It's so great, dude. Nineteen eighty eight. Fuck off. Nineteen. In 1988, uh, my brother, my my brother never had a nickel to his name, but I was I was you know I was working at Save on Tackle, so I was getting like 140 bucks every two weeks or every week, wow. whatever it was. So I was like, woohoo! Dude, I was probably eight years old walking in there at that time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he, anyways, and he always wanted tattoos. You know, he was always into the punk scene and shit like that. He just yeah. wanted tattoos, and I'm like, well, fuck you! I'm going to beat you to get a tattoo. So I was taking a nap. And I fucking just woke up impulsively, and I went down to Twilight Fantasies in oh, um, it was in Anaheim or Buena Park or something uh-huh. like that. Anaheim, and Carrie Barbas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just pointed to some piece of flash on the wall, and I think <laughs> it was forty five dollars. Score. Oh yeah, I yeah. miss those days when people would point to the wall. No, no. <laughs> I wish this fucking Hessian would just would have said, "Hey, son, why don't you back up? Why don't you get the skull? You know, get a skull or something. You know, <laughs> you uh, whatever. You know, oh, tattoos are not my thing, anyways. I, you know, just yeah. I just it was horrible. It was just fucking horrible. Forty five minutes. <laughs> this next one. Uh, is episode 65 with Haggard Pirate. I, uh, this one I got in trouble for. I got, I got really drunk on this one. <laughs> the wife didn't like it. Uh, we, uh, drank, I think a 30 rack of cores, uh, bottle of Jameson 
and some fancy beer. And I came in and I threw up twice and went to bed. So, uh, and you were pretty loud and it, it was fun. Got wild. Uh, like I said, I never cut anything out of the podcast. Did cut some of this out because we got pretty wild, but you can take a listen to the part I thought was funny. It was uh, me and Cody going back and forth about boat burgers. Apparently I said it wrong and we have a little argument about it. Fuck, no, nothing makes me mad. Besides, nothing makes us the only mad, thing dude. that makes me mad... Is when some motherfucker orders a cheeseburger. I'm a cook on the ba- on the boat. I'm not the <laughs> deck boats and burgers, bro. Boat burgers, not boats you and like burgers. That. Don't fuck yeah. with my burger. Hey, yeah. Captain, come correct. Hold on. I'm Guys, not a captain. Be quiet. I'm no, a no, chef. No, 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 no. Be quiet. Captain, come correct. I said boats and burgers. He said boat burgers. Okay, let's. So what did I say wrong? Fuck! What did you say? Hey, uh, if you're gonna boats, fucking bur- correct hey, me, hey, motherfucker! Hey, motherfucker! Say the hey. fucking right shit, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> you said boats and burgers, Get out of my head. Yeah. and I know what you're referring to. Yeah, is they're coming on Saturday, bro. Boat Good. burgers, Good. boat right, before right. the burgers, so it's boat. Burgers, motherfucker. Okay, get it right. right. Get their Instagram right, yeah, motherfucker. Get it right. Yeah, get so, it right. Yeah. All right. Exactly. The shit that pisses minutes. me off. You'll, I'll have fucking eighty people on the boat, and the motherfucker will come in. <laughs> this next one is pretty recent. It's a uh, the blanked episode with uh, Jack, um, Danny, and Caesar. And uh, Caesar tells a funny story about frogs and frog legs. Uh, made me fucking laugh. I like this one too. Take a listen. See, see, I can't remember. It's not a tackle shop. Maybe he's like guns, tackle. Dude, right out of. So you know, so so this is when I was like thirteen. I don't so remember. So what's that? Like 94, 95. Yeah. So anyways, he's like, oh, so you know, my uncle took, took me around. <laughs> We're gigging frogs, right? <laughs> so we gig the fuck out of these frogs. He's aging himself majorly we, with these frogs. We stories. go back. I'm a, I'm a kid. They're drunk as fuck. <laughs> Cutting the, the legs off the frogs, right? So if you've ever been frog gigging, you know, you cut the legs off, you're good. You just cut the legs off yeah. the frog. <laughs> <laughs> grocery store like garbage bag full of frog bodies oh fuck. these fools roll in fr- up in front of this fucking restaurant and throw <laughs> the bag of frog bodies against this bougie ass restaurant's front door <laughs> like fancy champagne brunch shit so and these are your uncles this is my uncle and his boys <laughs> my uncle Tim yeah I'm airing you out homie. <laughs> so these fucking frogs are army crawling. Oh no shit, legs. dude! Alive, like, no fucking... legs. Oh, <laughs> Bro, historic moment in my life. You know what I'm Fuck saying? It. Like it was fucked up. You know, I, I don't know. You go frogging. What are you gonna do? You get yeah. legs. That's what you do. But they were partying. You know what I'm saying? Those fools were doing it big. My uncles are really. You know that you know they've made plenty of money. They're very successful. You know shit, but you know hunters and all the homies get together, and he's got nephew there and fucking throws the the fucking frog bag against Great the memory. door, Great bro. Memory against the door. So I love. So the uh, next one I have coming up is episode twenty. It is a year in for last year. It was a bonus de- episode, and I had uh, Ben Seacrest on. Is Ben Seacrest? It was a roundtable, so this would be like the first of the roundtables, and it, it was a fun one. And this is kind of the idea I want to do moving forward. So if you've listened to me before talking about you know uh, 
round tables of people, maybe getting like swim bait guys together, anything like that. This would be like the first, uh, I guess, Calico round table if you go back and listen. So it's with uh, Jimmy Decker, Ben Seacrest, Eric Lanisfine, and Gary Reyes. And uh, it was a funny one. It, it, you know, I think that uh, something I told Ben when he came back on, he said, if you don't weigh it, don't say it. And I, I backed that and I thought it was a funny thing. And uh, this was just a cool podcast for me because I've, I've watched these guys over getting into calico fishing and it was cool to have them, you know, be able to interview them. It's kind of a, I guess, shell shock, like a little celebrity thing, like when you see someone famous. So this was a good one for me. I, I like this one. Or something. He goes, oh, I got a scale. I got a scale. I'm like, I oh, don't bother. He goes, oh, it's got to be bigger than eight. You know, he put it on the scale. I'm like, God, oh, I guess it's bigger than eight. You know? <laughs> yeah, it, it all depends on where they live, though. If right. The, the rockfish are always bigger. Always and bigger. They're, and they're always darker. And, you know, I listen to a bunch of... Meaner, too. Professionals that will tell me all about it. And I, I'm I'm pretty much quiet, am I not? Right. I've turned into right, a right. Jimmy. I love, I love how turned you into a listener. I've turned into, <laughs> I, I've turned into a listener, but it's like um, the one thing, and I'm not seeing it here, but the one thing I say to them, if you don't weigh it, don't say it. Right. You know, it's a good one. And they're like... Well, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, do you even know that if you put it on the scale on a boat, it don't count? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So take the lowest weight, and they're like, Always. man, why do you say that? And I'm like, dude, well, that's the way it is. You're, all you're doing around. is, is yeah, stoking yeah, yourself. Yeah. And I'm not saying this to get everybody mad out there. Yeah. But I'm just saying, right. don't weigh it, don't say it. And yeah. then what people go, well, did you get any? I'm like, yeah. And Jimmy knows. I go, yeah, I got a really good one. Well, how big was it? I go, it was a good one. I, it was a really <laughs> good one. Yeah. I, I don't know how big it was. All the ones that I've caught were all weighed, and mm-hmm. which was cool. I don't know how it is, but I had a lucky horseshoe up my ass with Rich Holland. Every time Rich Holland got on the boat, right. I caught a 10-pounder wow. or bigger. Rich is good luck. He it, is super good luck. If you hear at the end of the thing, it was 10-6 on the digi. It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we used to weigh him on... Um, Chatillion scales. Yeah, that's what I got on my skiff. So we, we would that's have yeah, pretty those close. Are, those are I got a 15-pound spring scale on my skiff. Yeah, that's the only way to go with it. You but guys, the you guys promote uh, spring scales better than a digital? It's more yeah. accurate. I don't care. I don't weigh fish. I don't, I don't in either. a tournament, I weigh fish. Yeah. Otherwise, I know I'm like, hey, that's a really nice fish, yeah. you know? But The only reason I threw mine on the boat was because yeah. Eric got that one that was probably over 10, and I was like, fuck, I wish that, I would have something after, to weigh you know, that, And that was the thing. you know. The trip before, I lost that giant. You know, you talk about fish you lose. We all have lost monsters. I was so disappointed by that fish I lost a couple weeks earlier that I didn't even care that I caught one. It was probably 10 pounds. It's like, yeah. whatever. You're half right. the size of that thing. The uh, next set, it's going to be three of them in a row. It's Bobby Martinez, Evan Salve, and Ollie, who's Sounny, uh, from Bloody Decks. I hope I said that right, Ollie. Sorry. <laughs> um, this is all, I guess, two of them are boat flips, getting too close. And then another one is Ollie pretty much almost, you know, got sh- got stuck out at sea so i thought this was like a good uh you know reality check be careful don't get in too tight especially when you're doing calico a lot of this could be calico heavy because in the beginning that's kind of the guys i had on but uh all these i think are are good ones to listen to for boat safety and i i mean i've gotten close recently so kind of opened my eyes a little bit so check it out what about your boat accident Woo. Yeah, that was uh that was a gnarly one. That was a gnarly one. That that definitely took a few years out of my life in the sense that I, I just I lost my my sea legs. I just yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like just, you know, life flashes in front of you. I mean, it was it was a pretty horrible that was at ordeal. The, that tournament at Catalina, he was at yeah. San Clemente Island. Yeah, we were at San Clemente Island and mm-hmm. uh 
water was fi- it was January, 50 degrees. Remember that clearly because, you know, I'm you know, watching the temperature. That's Dude, our whole thing. Yeah, it was it was pretty gnarly. You know, we started off at Seal Rock. I was fishing with Larry Passad. And, you know, Larry and I uh, just fished like um, like spotted bay bass, stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, hey, man, uh, do you want to fish Seal Sea? I'm like, that would be cool. Larry's a great fisherman, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, surfer, the whole, you know what I mean? These guys are like Boy Scouts, you know, just yeah. you know, he's buff looking, just, you know, just like an animal, you know, he's an animal, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm like, dude, that would be cool, you know? And um, so, you know, I talked to my partner at the time. He's like, yeah, well, whatever, go ahead, you know? He's a little hurt, I'm not going to lie, but, you know, I was like, that would be a cool opportunity, you know? It's just, it just one event. It's a yeah. fun event anyway. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've already, I have done it before, uh-huh. so it was just cool to, everybody's hanging out and it's, Plus, it's two days to go fishing, you know? <laughs> That's the best excuse, right? <laughs> it's, and a have a good time. it's like a mini vacation for yeah, me, you know, because I really didn't get out too much. So anyway, so we're, you know, Seal Rock. Um, I had just been there a few weeks ago. I was like, dude, I have this bait that I poured. It was ugly. But so, like, I, I go, if we can get in somewhat close, I go, it's heavy. So, like, I, I call it the dead stick because, mm-hmm. like, literally, it was just, it was an ugly bait. It was just heavy. And it just had a thin tail, but you fire it in and you just let the wave take it with you and literally just let it sink, take a couple cranks, hold it. And then the fish were just yanking it. And we were catching like fours, fives, and sixes that way, you know, just basically let the wave take it, free spool it, let it go away as far as it can. And then just take a couple cranks and then just pause it. And every pause, long pause too. Yeah. They would just, I mean, that skinny tail would just wiggle and, um. I mean, on its own, you know, with the yeah, surge and everything. Yeah. So, Todd that, Maris, don't be texting me. I'm trying to do this. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was my little kind of technique. And, you know, just tell me the colors you want. They're ugly colors, but it doesn't matter. They it's almost like live bait fishing. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. live bait. Yeah, that's exactly what I was doing, like live bait fishing. Yeah. And, and it worked, yeah. you know. So, I mean, we probably fished 30 minutes, and I think we had like 18, 19 pounds. Like, wow. Like that quick. Oh, great. And, you know, and I'm like, it's game on. Like, yeah. We just need like a good one to get us in the 23, 24, 25. We'll be, we're, we're good, you know? Mm-hmm. Save some for tomorrow, da da da. Well, one of those, you know, like the tides dropping, tides dropping. We had been sitting there for 30 minutes. Well, as the tide drops, you know, there's less water now, right? <laughs> so now it's breaking a little bit further out. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I've, I've been there before. I've, I'm yeah. trained. I'm like, I, I kept turning over my shoulders. I go, dude, head on the swivel at all times. You know, yeah. two, you know, four eyes is better than two. So he's like, dude, dude, I got it. I got it. You know, he's behind the wheel. I got it. I got it. I'm like, okay, just it's second nature <laughs> just to like, you know, no, you, sure. You, it's Northwest yeah. Harbor. I don't know if you've been there. It's, you know, it's gnarly. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what you hear. Like yeah. we would get there in the dark and that's all you hear is like waves. Oh. It's real. It's a real eerie you know like yeah yeah sound you yeah. know that that makes there it'll hold a 30 foot swell that's surfable in there yeah wow. yeah and uh yeah so you know we get you know got complacent got caught like sit in the same area you know uh-huh. all i hear was hang on and i was like i grabbed the bow rail and i looked at my you know i looked over my shoulder and i was like oh my god there's already a barrel coming at us like uh. it already did you have a life vest on? Yeah. Yeah, I can't swim. I'm Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Hey, but I could doggy story. paddle like them. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, oh, my God. So, you know, he's like, hang on. So, like, he guns it. Like, you, 
you can't even punch in it at that point because yeah. you're like way in it. like it's coming it's not even here yet it's coming yeah. but it's it's already barreled over you know and i'm no surfer but i know that's not good <laughs> yeah. so i like hang on and he's just like trying to outrun it to like hop it and it just like took the bow and i did like titanic like just bowed in and i'm still holding on oh. so it was like i was flying underwater kind of a deal <laughs> like felt like I don't know. Maybe it was only a foot, but I felt like I was like 10 feet deep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I hit the water and I'm like, all right, like split second. I'm, oh my God, like the movies, it's going to land on my head. Right. So I'm like doing this, but I'm like, I'm underwater, you know, like I have my hands over my head. I'm like, I'm underwater. What? And I was like, like literally I'm underwater, you know, you know, my life did flash in front of me. That is a true story about, you know, when you almost lose your life, it did flash. You know, I thought about my daughter's like, man, this is going to suck. So I touched my chest. I was like, oh, man, I'm still alive. So I had one of those pull-up, you know, Mustang life jackets, you know, that, you know, the tournament directors make us, thank God, you know, because, you know, you you start going there too much, you get complacent. Like, I'm not going to wear that, you know, I'm too cool. But thank God I had it. And, you know, I hit the little... You know, clip, and I did like the rocketeer shot up. You know, like a, you know, yeah, at least that's what it felt like. Right. You know, you know oh, I just shot up out of the water, and I was like, oh, you know, like I'm coming. And and I look at the shore. I'm like, oh my god, we're like a hundred, hundred fifty feet away from the shore, oh, outgoing tide. Yeah. So, if you doggy paddle because I can't swim. Yeah. Like fifteen feet, you know, it just pushes you right back out. Shit. And we're seeing all the stuff to flip with the boat. Uh, start pushing outwards towards mm-hmm. open ocean so i'm like holy crap you know this is gonna suck and uh so meanwhile you know and, and larry's there he's like oh, I, I hear him yelling that's how he knows underwater i can hear him yelling mm-hmm. but i'm underwater i can't say you know bloop 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 i'm still yeah. alive you know <laughs> you know but i can see him yelling you know, he's scared and he he's goes, a strong swimmer though right oh he like yeah. i said he's that's he's, good like, he's um, a rig he's yeah. he's he's too like uh, a guy's an animal like i said yeah. he's and um so he's like dude dude he's like you know, he called me down. I was like, dude, I was just like, dude, we almost died. I'm like thinking like, I'm not even thinking how we're going to get to shore. You know, I'm thinking, damn, we're alive. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, you know, he processed it all. He's like, dude, I go, I got boots on. Should I kick them off? He goes, no, you're going to need them on the beach because you don't want to get all torn up and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, you're scaring me. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, he's like, dude, take your, because uh, I'm trying to like, doggy paddle my way to shore as quick as i can he's like whoa 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 you're gonna need it on the surf i'm looking at the waves on the surf i'm like holy crap they're huge i don't i don't even know the size but they're not small they're big yeah so you gotta go through all that rock and yeah rock and boulders and you know that's where the military trains right you know that's where they train so they made that area northwest harbor that way for a reason you know they put like big old rocks like size of watermelons that are like river rocks like all Mm -hmm. loose so when you're stepping they just you know yeah but uh anyway so we're in the water and it probably took us about 45 minutes to get on shore Jeez. Oh. and it, it was tough you know um this was the hardest part of it all um so larry gets close to me he's like dude dude they just you know get together and we'll you know we'll just ease in slowly because i know you can't swim with the hell and you know <laughs> and then he finds this little tupperware you know from what his wife packed him for lunch yes i found a cover tupperware cover i'm like larry really (laughs) he's like no dude look and he's like one-handed he's like he grabs you by the back and he's just like you know doing this you know wow roll your boat you know with his arms he's an animal yeah he's an animal that's what he's amazing so 
he's doing that and you know like dude even you're gonna get tired just i'll just ease my way in you know i got yeah. i got my life jacket yeah. you know yeah. we'll just ease in and then well as soon as we got close it's like you know there's no Game helping on, or nothing yeah. so do or don't so like as i got close the that first one just picked me up launched me up in the air rolled me i drank a lot of water came back up and i was like seconds later that next one's right in front of me after the Shit. third one i i just told myself i think i'm just gonna pull this life jacket out i can't take this i was like i was pretty much dying Fuck, man. so then one of them like the fourth one i believe just grabbed me tossed me and i landed really close to the sand close and I was like, oh, my God, but I was so heavy. I couldn't even crawl. I couldn't move. You know, like when you get in the beach, you know, you, you know that tide's pushing back and it's just sucking you. You can't yeah. move. Well, I did that. And I was like, no, you can't do it. I can't do one more. Like, I'm yeah, done. Yeah. And then that next one came and just slapped me and threw me up on the. Wow. Thank God, dude. Yeah, and then I just kind of looked out briefly at the ocean for a few minutes. And I was like, holy crap. And then I'm just like, all right, it's 50. Water's 50, Surface water yeah. temp, 50 degrees, you know. Hypothermia. I'm not thinking about that. I'm like, so Larry, the boy scout, he is, is like, let me come back. I'll be back. And he starts running up there because there's like this, you know, where the military trains. They have this building there. Da, da, da. Let me see if I can find somebody. Or yeah. He comes back, gets some wood and everything. Got some dried up kelp. And he makes this like scarecrow teepee. Somebody will find us, you know. Luckily, the flare kit washed up to shore, but everything else went that way out to open ocean. It's crazy. So, Whoa. so we lit we lit the um, the old kelp. You know, made a big old fire. Oh, somebody's gonna see us. Well, January, everybody's gone. Like, there's like three people on the island, and the fishermen know when you start seeing smoke or this or that, dude. Do not go around Northwest Harbor. Like, they're training. They're gonna, you know, yeah, they kick yeah, you out. Yeah, yeah. So we were. You know, there we'd see a few boats and we're doing the YMCA, like, hey, hey, you know, like this. <laughs> and people, you know, like later on, yeah. you saw you know, the, the competitors. competitors were telling me, like, dude, we thought you were telling us to get out of here, like, go that way, go that way. We're like, dude, we're like doing this. They you thought know? you were the military. Yeah, I thought we were the military kicking oh, them out. Fuck. So we're like, wow. So seven, eight hours later, six hours, seven, I don't know, it was a long day, almost the end of the day. We're like, ah, oh, we might have to spend the night here. I'm like, yeah. dude, dude, we're going to die. It's so cold. Yeah, like we're gonna die. But luckily, like I said, we had the fire going, so we kind of somewhat warmed up. Yeah, you know. And he's like, "Hey, grab that bag, uh, pick up whatever waters, whatever you know, just whatever we can, you know, use for later on. Like we might have to spend the night. You know, that that's one thing that he was really knowledgeable about. Like you know, because I would have just kept walking, like do do do, (laughs) and uh, you know. So your daughter says hi, by the way. Oh hi, (laughs) and um, but yeah, that was that was uh. And then, oh, so, like, now we're like, hey, we just can't stay here. Nobody's going to get us. Yeah. I'm going to go down. Okay, it's almost the end of the day. You know, we kind of knew people's kind of pattern. Like, they're going to try to probably go around Seal Rock again, like Northwest Harbor. Try to finish their day there, maybe connect with the bass. I'm going to walk up to the point. Hopefully, they'll see me there. Yeah. You go up towards that um, that little road and see if you can find somebody. I'm like, okay. So, we split up. And, uh, oh, but like, as we're walking, I'm like, dude, what, what is this, Larry? Like, you know, there's like little pine needle thingies everywhere. There's, because that's where they train, you know, they, you know, they have the dummy, like, like, you know, like, <laughs> like I don't want to step in a mine. No, no, well, they have dummy mines there. And later on they told me, he's like, dude, you know, like 
we have people like you know hurt themselves pretty bad even though they're dummy minds like yeah we've seen the tripwire and all that stuff you know wow. that's yeah, that's cool. what they do so and we're walking through stuff all, that hasn't been all exploded. That oh there's a lot yeah because they're just dummy Scary, ones you know dude. so yeah we walked through all that you know God. like that terrain mm-hmm. and i'm like this sucks we're gonna die <laughs> we're just gonna die it's not ending <laughs> so like i'm walking i'm walking i'm like man we're gonna have to go back and sleep in that place and mm-hmm. hopefully these guys will come get us like the next day so we start walking. I see a truck. I got a distance. I'm like, please come down. Please come down. Sure enough, he came down. And, you know, I got my bag, my black bag with water and stuff, you know, and a few things I found. Mm-hmm. And they come down. It was a gentleman and a, and a lady. And, you know, they lower the window. Little, little crack, little two inches. And she's like, can we help you? I'm like, yeah, I just flipped with my buddy. Da, da, da. You know, I'm excited. And she's like, hey, he speaks English. I'm like, what? So they call their military police. They come down. He's like, hey, sorry, I got to handcuff you. Like, wait, what, what, what's Jeez. going on? Oh, they they thought I was a Mexican oh. drug runner. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> With the black bag. Because oh. <laughs> they do wash up there. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So now you've just almost died. Now you're under arrest. Yeah, now I'm under arrest. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, you know, no, no civilians are allowed here. To, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. We flipped. washed up on a boat, bro. Yeah. So after that, um, yeah, you know, um, they took care of us real good. Hey, do you want to go to our, uh, you know, they, they have an underground bowling alley there too, by the way. Dude. That's real cool. Yeah. You know, they got a cool bar. <laughs> nice. You know, so you they're like, hey, beers? yeah, yeah, anything. But everywhere you go, even the restroom, somebody's going to go with you. That's cool. You're not allowed, yeah. you know, which oh. is fine. Like, yeah. hey, you know, I wasn't a military person, but okay, cool, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's. They opened the store for us. Can I get a couple shirts that I survived San Clemente? But it was more so for the military. Not, <laughs> right. But I bought Larry a shirt too. Like here, you know, and um, still have the shirt. Should have wore it today. Uh, but, rem- but that was my ordeal. And so you were, were you a... Um, I was back at Catalina. I had gone to Clemente that day, but to yeah. get back in time for way, and I had left. Oh, can per- I say one more quick thing? Oh, which yeah, is pretty dumb. This is when you leave your emergency information don't leave your other number your own number because they were trying to call me on my number my emergency number was they was underwater you know like man. i should have put down you know sister aunt uncle something mm-hmm. you know so yeah. and then uh, i remember shaman goes he's like hey uh, next time you're gonna flip or something can you put somebody else's number other than yourself <laughs> you know and what did you what was your side of it so well, you got back we came back to the island uh, to catalina from there and you know, waiting yeah. in. well where's bobby you know where's larry yeah. mm-hmm. and you know mechanical breakdowns aren't uncommon yeah but an hour goes by two hours goes by then it's at some point we had talked to the harbor master hey we're we're missing a, a competitor a team you know mm-hmm. two guys and then it kind of got more serious and more serious because they're not checking in and then yeah. they call the coast guard and find out has anybody you know called for vessel you know towboat us or you know a mayday distress call and nothing and then somehow military there the navy contacted the coast guard which in turn contacted two harbors and then i don't know how you guys got back to uh, uh the sheriffs picked us up so they sent a sheriff boat they sent over. a sheriff boat they were santa barbara they picked us up really cool brought us back and then uh we hitched a ride on the everglades boat okay yeah. gotcha yeah it was a little spooky for us you know because it's like then when you hear there's an accident you know oh yeah they they had an accident their boat's on the beach and it's like Still, on, it's still okay. on the beach. You, you've seen it, yeah, yeah. They said they were gonna like. Oh no, no, it's cool. We're just gonna blow it up for practice or something. But it's yeah. still there. That was Larry's boat. Yeah, that was Larry's boat. 
yeah. got insurance and stuff on it? Or was it kind of like- I don't know what happened there. You know, like I, I know like something happened where like he got it and just, I don't know, something missed a payment or whatever. Salvage so he, stuff oh, is salvage always stuff, a pain yeah, in the Salvage butt. stuff is just, yeah, the- it's something. The legality issue, if you do it on the shoreline, it is crazy. You do not want to flip a boat. Ever, but on, yeah. on the beach here, yeah, because you're gonna be can't like, stress that enough. Can't like, stress I, that. My, I, I told <laughs> yeah. my story of it was yeah, 30, 3,600 no. bucks yeah. to tow it from Point Furman to Cabrillo. 3,600 yeah. bucks, yeah. You talk about a tow bill, yeah, jeez, and your wallet's on the bottom, yeah, yeah. And also, and they'll impound it right there, so yeah, right like, there. To listeners guys out right there, there, please be safe and yeah. smart because if yeah. not, even if you don't, if you're a reckless person, it's yeah. still gonna cost you a no, gang, yeah, definitely. No fish is worth your life, but uh. Um, nevertheless, like if you do what I do, if you're a calico bass fisherman, let's face it, you're gonna, you're, that's where they live. That's where you're at. You know, it's with Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, man. So I was like, I always build myself. I'm going to fish tighter than everybody else. (laughs) I am the boil rock master. I'm so good at fishing tight. I'm going to ply those beaches, you know? Because I'm a kid and I'm a badass. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, we were fishing PV one day. We were fishing, fishing. So, are uh, you by yourself or with no, a buddy? No, I was with a couple of buddies. Okay. My buddy Matt, my buddy Peter, my buddy, my buddy Finn down in Newport. And, uh, yeah, we just got caught too far inside one day. We got like the trolling motor down. And I'm like, we're going to get a calico bass here, guys. Just keep, keep casting. Just walk those sledgehammers off the beach. We're going to get them, guys. You know, and uh, look back and it's like, oh, here comes like a pretty big one. And you want to know the worst part about it is I had my trolling motor down and I snapped like three trolling motor shafts that year, like in kelp and shit. I'm like, I don't want to. I could have punched it out. And I'm like, I don't want to break another trolling motor shaft. Oh, fuck, man. I didn't want to break. (laughs) And I should never have had my trolling motor down. Right. Yeah. Hindsight's 50, 50, whatever. Uh, But. uh I had the shaft down. We kind of tried to turn into it and it just hit us like straight broadside. And it wasn't like a giant wave, but it was just a- enough inertia to dip one side and the boat just did a little turtle roll. Just, meow, just right over. And I still remember climbing on the underside of my boat and my trolling motor prop was still spinning. Fuck. Like a windmill, <laughs> and it wasn't. It was like a nice day. It was like beautiful, sunny, and we all just like wasn't swam even to rough. shore. And wasn't it's even like, rough, huh? We were down by like Portuguese Bend there, uh, and there's like people walking on the beach. Like, what just happened? You know, like there's like these little scrawny kids like stumbling ashore. <laughs> you know, and there are like people like walk up to you like, "Do you need help?" I'm like. <laughs> 
Yeah. (laughs) My boat's upside down, you know? Um, And then, so yeah, we're like sitting on the beach, like traumatized children, you know, like, do we need you to call your parents? (laughs) (laughs) My dad used to drop me off on this whaler, like at the Lawn Tramp in Cabrillo. And he used to like send us out. You know, one of my favorite ones of uh, don't do as I did is back in the day when I was re- when BDU first started, I had a 20 foot center console, a twin little twin V. And I took that play- thing places I wouldn't even consider today. Like it was crazy. <sighs> um, and I was trolling for Albacore back in the glory days of the Albacore years. I had a job when I was in video games where I kind of made my own schedule. So I get all my shit done early in the morning. I go fish and then I come back at night and pound out the rest of it. So I ended up fishing it by myself a lot during, you know, midweek, leaving it noon or whatever and all that. So I was like almost to the butterfly bank in that little boat, which is 60 miles west. Wow. And that's, every, there's different zones of weather here. Every 20 miles or so, it's, the ocean gets bigger as you mm-hmm. go outside, maybe every 30 miles or whatever. And this was an okay weather day, but I'm trolling and being a lazy dude, I didn't want to stop the boat <laughs> to take a leak. So I'm just going back my boat and it had like the railings that come up over the gunnels and I'm pissing off the side, doing your normal deal. You've done a thousand, haven't had a drink, nothing, stone, sober, whatever. <laughs> and you know, sometimes a boat will just take a weird rock. Happened to do it while I was pissing and it shot me out of the boat. Oh my oh, God. Shit. I mean, dude, one leg in the water, my ass in the water, one hand caught the railing going in as I rocked out of the boat Fuck. and it was in gear and it was pointed west. Fuck man! Oh yeah, you want to? That is a that was a grip of fucking God you had on there. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm serious, man. And I mean, I was on a weekday. There's nobody around. There wasn't a fucking boat in sight. I mean, that would have been the end of it for me. My boat would have just left me. I'd have got hypothermia and drowned and died. Wow. So that's why they have those little red things, you know, by the key (laughs) switch that you actually put on your shirt when you're you do that. Not only yeah. (laughs) So the next one I have up is Chad. Uh, from Hookup Baked. This this one I did episode 16. So over the, I'm going to say over the last year and a half of doing this, you learn a lot. You hear a lot about people. Uh, I still hear crap about people, you know, and uh, there's a lot. People talk. That's all I'm going to say. People talk in the industry, and I try to get everyone a fair shake until I meet them. You know, and I, I've heard about Chad. I heard what he did. Uh, this was, I, I reached out to him and said, Hey man, you want to come on and kind of say your story? And he said, you know what? All right. Sounds good. And I respect that as a man, you know, like you can't, you come and you say, Hey, this is what I did. You own up and, uh, you take ownership of it. Now, this is what Chad told me. This is what I heard from him. So this is what I'm taking from him. So other people might've heard something else. You know, other people might've seen, I don't know. You know, but I'm just going off of what I heard from him, and I thought it was pretty cool for him to come on the podcast with a dude he didn't even know, kind of say what he did that people didn't like. Uh, I'm not trying to stir any drama. This is just something that I respect as a man. You know, like you, you came on as a man, and you gave me time of day, so I appreciate that. And uh, this is another one I'm putting on, so check it out. Tell us exactly what happened so everyone can hear the truth out of your okay. mouth yeah. on an unbiased place. Yeah, it's... Uh you know what happened in my history you know it's a long story so mm-hmm. we'll just do the short version um but um you know i've been fishing and hunting all my life mm-hmm. and then in uh probably my mid-20s i got into bow hunting really heavy um became very good at it 
um, shop many record book animals. Um, wow. They still hang on. You know, I got number one buck in the state. It's still on my wall today. Damn, that's great. And I got the number five buck in the state that still have that one on my wall. Yeah. Today. So um, did very well with bow hunting, but uh, and it was mainly because my passion. I mean, I was very passionate and very addicted to big antlers, big bucks. I and mean, you've been was, doing bow hunting how long? Um, I I did it for about seventeen years. Uh, uh, when did you start? Years. You're like. I was 22, 23. Yeah. Okay. I started into it pretty, you know, I've always, my, my, my stepdad was a fisherman. My real dad was a hunter. Mm-hmm. So ever since I was young, I'd be quell and dove hunting and rifle hunting with my, yeah. my, my real dad. Um, but one of my fishing buddies through high school, he went up and visited his uncle in Reading, came home with a bow. And I'm like, Oh, that thing's cool. <laughs> hey, yeah. Let's shoot each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we started bow hunting and then we got really into it, just addicted yeah. to it and started shooting animals. And just, and then after about 10 years of bow hunting, it just, mm-hmm. you know, I got good at it. I can you know, go hunt and you know, fill a tag at will. And so I started trophy hunting and just, I only shot bucks that were bigger than the year before. And well, then when you shoot number one in the state, you know, it's like, oh, you know, and, and it it's it, you know you start pushing the boundaries and this what year that. did you shoot number one? Oh shoot i don't even know what it was it was well when i got in trouble was 11 years ago and okay. it's probably two or three years before that so okay so 14 yeah 14 years ago or okay so. and you know it, it's number one there's three different species of deer in california mm-hmm. you got black tails mule deer and the pacific hybrids mm-hmm. pacific hybrids is the deer that live in our area from some san francisco to uh, mexico yeah, and that's the number one. And that species of deer is what I had number one and number five, and and um, so once I got the number one that deer, I wanted to shoot a number one of mule deer, and um, you know I already I think I had one that was like number ten or fifteen mule deer in the books, um, so I wanted to see if I can get a number one Pacific hybrid and number one mule deer. Yeah, and uh, for years and I was shooting some nice deer and stuff and then uh just pu- pushing the boundaries looking for that bigger buck um we packed in one day at you know the opening of uh deer season mm-hmm. up at the up in the Sierras X12 which is Bridgeport from Mammoth yes. to Bridgeport area uh-huh. um Virginia Lakes you know Virginia Lakes by Bridgeport we hit the trailhead right there mm-hmm. went up into the mountains and we basically lived up there for 7 days with what we can pack in on our back i mean yeah. like this hardcore hunt is you know, living for seven days in the mountains, just what you can live on that you can carry on yeah. back. That's what this trip was. And, uh, you know, I don't know, most people know the top of the Sierra Nevada mountains, one side is Yosemite wilderness, one side's Mono County. And that's wilderness. pretty much the MLPA. Well, that's the MLP of the hunting, I mean, uh, hunting, the hunting world, yeah, I guess. If you, you want to talk about <laughs> compared to fishing to, to you yeah. know, that's the the boundary line. Yeah. And it's, hey, it, you can't count here, you can't. You, know, you got Yosemite Park, which is Yosemite Park. But uh-huh. then you have Yosemite Wilderness, uh-huh. which is what, yeah, you, you kind of said it perfectly. Yeah. It's an yeah. MLP of the mountains. Um, you know, and then throughout the week, we're hunting both sides of the mountains. We're above timberline, 11,000 feet. And, you mm-hmm. know, I end up shooting a really nice deer. And, and uh, you know, then got in trouble for it and broke the law that's basically what it comes down to and and uh you know and it got publicized and you know i got in a lot of trouble and you know hey i'm sorry for what i did it was a bad decision it was a big my big mistake of my life um and yeah, i paid the price all fines and everything else was paid yeah. long ago and you know it's a it was a mistake <clears throat> that i'm deeply sorry that i did yeah, you know, I lost my right to go bow hunting. Bow hunting was my passion. 
The next episode that we have up is Mike Gilbert, episode 60. He, uh, the thing that I like about the podcast is sometimes we go off on tangents. With me, it's music. Since I played in hardcore bands and punk bands and stuff. Or it could be something else about kids or family, whatever relates to me. And uh, this one was a good one. It's it's Mike talks about his dad taking a picture of him just in a certain time. And I kind of totally related to that. And sometimes you you hear me, you know, like the the real happy one. I mean, it, it I was not in a good place with that one. And you guys heard it. So, I mean, yeah, sometimes they're not the best. And I try to do my best because I really don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I just said, hey, maybe I'll do a podcast and I'm learning as I go and I I take everything in and I kind of try to make something cool. And sometimes, you know, it doesn't come out that way and sometimes it does and I'm happy. But this one came out really good with Mike and uh, he's a really cool guy and I, I really like his outlook on the fishing industry a lot. So check this little piece out about him and his dad. I, I thought I thought it was a really good story. So check it out. Except was a fishing something that was a permanent in your life? I didn't think so as at, at the time yeah, as a yeah. kid. I mean, <laughs> I never would have thought I'd been doing skate stuff either. But yeah, fishing, my dad kind of laid it. I mean, fishing and hunting. Uh, oh, you hunt too? I don't now. You used to. I do miss it. But okay. like my dad would drag me on the hunts. And uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm like a little kid. But dude, one of the funniest things in, in I, when I, I talk about it with my kids, my wife, they don't understand it. Or it's like, no, my dad didn't just drag me on these like little hunts in Alaska. Like where you think people here like maybe deer hunting, they're like Mm -hmm. park and walk. And it's like, no, you either hike in for a day or two, you set up camp, hike a little bit further, set up camp again. You're out in the woods for a week, two weeks. There's nobody else around. This isn't Alaska. It's just you and your father, or maybe you, your father and a friend. And it's, you're extremely isolated, but he, and he had this picture on his desk for the longest time is he hiked me up a hillside or a mountain and it's, I'm like 12 at the time or something. And we're on a, a sheep hunt and we get up, I'm laying across some shale. It's probably like a 400 yard shot or something. I take a shot and it hits low on the sheep. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hit the actual sheep. It hits below. And he's like, reload and fire again. And so I, and I'm laying there in a super awkward position. It's starting to like sleet, rain and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I fire again and it hits high. My dad's getting frustrated because he wants the best out of me. He's like, reload again. But I'm in extreme pain because it's a high-powered rifle. What size rifle are you using? I can't remember at the time. But it, it was kicking hard. Huh? Oh, it was kicking hard, <laughs> and I wasn't holding the rifle properly yeah. because I'm laying across this. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I can't. It hurts too bad. It's hurting so bad. And he's like, you got to fire again. I take another shot, just completely blow it, and he's like, you need to reload and fire again. And it was amazing that these sheep weren't running away. Yeah. But we were so far away. Take and I just looking at him, I'm like, I can't fire it again. He's like, I can fire it. And I'm freezing to death. Yeah. This is an insane scene to like think about. And I just like, I'm done. Yeah. And so I just take off, running down the hill. I start crying because I'm upset with my father. Uh-huh. And I'm running all the way down the hill. And I get all the way down. It's probably a couple miles i'm going down this creek in this the alaska range like it's a huge range going all the way down and i hear footsteps behind me and he's like michael 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 slow down stop stop and i'm like little kid yeah it's insane you know crying no and he runs up in front of me and he's like i just want to remember this forever i'm like what (laughs) he pulls out one of those disposable cameras oh shit 
And then not too long ago, and I was so devastated at the time. I was like, oh my God, what an asshole. Like, you know, my dad and I, when I was young, we had like, it was, he was hard on me. Yeah. But as I got older, we, you know, we, we like worked things out. He expected the best, but as I got older, you know, I don't know. I think I was like 27 or something. And he was like, you know what I still have on my desk? I have a picture of that one time of you crying out there on the mountain. I remember it. I'm like, what a dick, dude. You so, still have that? Sometimes your kids don't know, you know. Yeah. You're so hard on them. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't know. That, you know I don't know but, how no, I started but, rambling like, off no, on but that. I, but, yeah. It's the truth. It's like sometimes your kids don't know. Like, <clears throat> The next episode I have is episode 11 with Matt Florentino. Matt was one of the original guys I reached out to, I think. God, when the podcast first started. I think our first episode was September 28th of 2018. So we've been doing like a year and a half. I don't, I'm not sure. But Matt talks about uh, the biggest calico bag he had. And I think there's a little bit more to that. But I th- I really thought that was a cool story in the beginning. And I, w- I was just learning about calico. I've only fished it a couple years. And I think they still hold the record for the biggest calico. I know I've been corrected a couple times. But I think it is the biggest documented one in a recent tournament. I know, I know, Ben Seacrest has had a big one, but that I'm, I'm not sure how that worked. But uh, this is a cool little thing too. I like the story, so check it out, man. Let alone we survived, we were able to fish and did put some fish in the boat. <laughs> we were pretty pumped. That's probably like honestly one of my you know best memories of tournament fishing. Damn. Um, aside from like our big bag, but. That was, yeah, it was total knucklehead maneuver. But we What's your biggest work. bag you guys had? Our biggest bag was 35.68, which wow. is, I think, still the SWA record. No um, way. Yeah, that was, that was an insane night. Uh, we were fishing night, the, was it a Long Beach Harbor tournament? It was out of Long Beach. It was the night tournament they used to do. Okay. Um, back then, I think you could go anywhere. So we were, you know, it's kind of funny. We were on some fish at the wall. This is 2011, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um the wall was just biting. There's when there's all this kelp that grown in. A lot of guys weren't happy about it, but we figured out this parallel cast way out, let it sink out. We we're fishing big. Um, that's when Big Hammer just came out with the sledgehammer. So wow. before then, it was like four or five, you know, five inch, six inch yeah. bait was biggest, and this is like yeah. seven inch bait, seven wow. or nine. I don't even know. Um, but we were just wrecking fish on that thing on the wall. Um, but that bite had slowed down just before then. Um, Larry uh, Posad, which I think uh, one of the boys brought up in the other episode, um, we pre-fished with Larry. But uh-huh. you know, there was a spotted Santa Monica that we we knew about. Like, hey, dude, the wall's kind of biting, but it's kind of not. And I know everybody else going to fish there. Well, <laughs> let's just go check out Santa Monica, scope it out, see what it looks like. And this was like the Wednesday or Thursday for the tournament. We went out there, me, Randy, and Larry. First cast, Randy got like an eight or a nine Larry got like Damn. another eight or a eight something. We didn't even weigh him. Big. And we're like, dude, okay. <laughs> we're, we're coming, coming back. Yeah. We're pretty convinced that like something special is going on yeah. here. So let's just, you know, we basically called it a night. No, we didn't call it a night. We fished, went up to Palos Verde, <laughs> scoped that out at night, checked out uh, King Harbor and knocked off all these little spots that I knew were in and around there just to make sure. Hey, like, if we had old no kid day. Sure. No kid days. No. <laughs> I said, get old. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> Which back then, I don't even know how I was able to do all that, making the money I was making and everything, but yeah. I found a way. Um, but that was fun. So, yeah, we put that together. Thank God, that tournament. We pull up, same spot. Um, us and Larry, we basically went to the same exact spot we pre-fished. And then our troll motor wasn't working. 
So Randy's up up on the bow trying to put together, and I think as he's fixing that, he hooked like an eight or something. He came to I don't Damn. know. It was it was silly. Like first cast was eight. Like, okay, dude, it's on. Um, and we fished maybe like a little fifty yard stretch, and that's where all the fish were. And we had thirty five six eight of calico bass. Damn. Um, at night. It was, I mean, when you're throwing You won back, that tournament, right? We won that tournament, yeah. <laughs> and for us, it was it was cool because, like, uh, like Eric and uh, Eric Johnson and Landis Fine, Evan was on some fish. They're all sand bass. So just to beat those guys out for once with yeah. straight, I mean, your odds are against you when those guys are dialed, but to be able to put something special together and catch fish like that and beat the all-time record and all that, That's it was super a cool, cool deal. We released the fish back to um our favorite little jetty too so it's kind of cool <laughs> next episode is episode 59 with mike stenbridge of pearl swim Beats. uh mike's a great guy he we got along really good on this episode and he tells some good stories he tells he talks about uh what they had to do before war baits head and uh it's, it's really interesting and he also talks about you know fishing with the a lot of the bigger names nowadays, you know, like uh, with uh, Matt Koch and Eric Lansfine, you know, uh, Mike Lane, James Shamlin, all those guys that, that have been hitting it hard. Uh, Matt Florentino. So he kind of gives you a story about what was going on at that time and about his bait. And I like the little story he said, so check it out. Putting the lead head on matters a lot. Yeah, that makes that bait swim right. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, the bait's built with pivot points. So did you but, build your bait for a certain lead head or not? Really? Uh, yeah. Well, I, again, I came during the time when there wasn't anything. So honestly, we made everything ourselves. All my lead heads. You were making your lead heads yourself then. Cause okay. they were, they had exercise hooks in them. Cause my baits were yeah. all bigger. That was the one thing I wanted. Bigger baits. Cause everything at the time was everything thin. was five. It's thin though. Thin. Oh, thin. like the tail. There was no the, profiles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no, there was no anything to dry. It was like a little, it, it was just a little thin. Right, look like a plastic worm. I'm like, where's the, where's the kick? Where's the, yeah. where's the, da, 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 da. so when my dad built that into the ones that we had, it was like, dude, like, okay, we got some kick going here, and I, and I like that. But the problem with building it bigger was there was no lead heads that fit. So you'd put this sweet, odd sized swim bait, and you put the lead head in, it and you're like, dude, Doesn't look right. That's terrible. <laughs> I just put Ronald McDonald's shoes on. <laughs> Like, it's not going to go good. It's yeah. not going to go good. And you would get bit, but they'd miss the hook. And you're like, yeah, this is terrible. So uh, dad being the guy that dad is, right? He's like, all right, we got a problem. I can fix this up, right? Which he didn't actually fix up. Actually, James Shamblin and Mike Lane fixed it. Really? Yeah. They uh, they had the mold to the Arky head, which is the, the first of the weedless heads that were fished. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were putting five and six-odd hooks in them, wow. which were the ones to fit the fit my baits. Like, I just it, Perfect, it needed it. Tom. So. When they introduced me to that, and then, hey, can we borrow? We got a, me and Brian got a ton of lead, and we borrowed the thing, and, and I still have them. Oh, really? I still have 100 of them. Brian still probably has 200 of them. Fuck. Like, we still have them. So it was. Just spent the day, dude, days and days, days just pouring days. lead, huh? And my dad's a perfectionist, so is Brian. That's why we all get along so well. They have the same mentality. So uh-huh. he's, he pearled these things out to a level that was like, they're still good, right? And I say pearled out, that's a baseball term for a brand new baseball. That's why my company's name. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's cool, that, That's man. what it is. I, not, only a couple people know because nobody really cares well, to now ask. Everyone but knows. Now everybody knows. <laughs> right? I think John Curry is the, one, uh, the only one that really knows because he asked. He goes, hey, man, is a, is a Pearl a brand new baseball? He goes, I thought so. But he's a baseball guy. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. He's one of those guys. So, um, Yeah, he pearled out He pearled out those lead heads, and, man, they're they're awesome. So we still have the same lead heads. And you just had them for yourself, though. 
Well, that's did you the funny did you thing. did you hey, sell them? No, dude. But here's that's where it gets <laughs> that's where this whole thing dives into the craziness that we have here because we were doing Catalina and I I this is where I date things. Uh-huh. It's pre war and post war, right? Like. <laughs> We were doing a lot of this stuff. There was, Afrin was in San Diego. He was, the internet wasn't big enough. There wasn't enough, you know, interweb connection for anything to go. And Reynolds hadn't really touched base on that land yet. Mm-hmm. And he was the one that ventured. He's the, he was the guy that had the most, you know, savvy and balls to do all this yeah. stuff. That's who he is. So um, I actually was making these lead heads and they were supposed to be secret, right? But dude, I was the only one that had them, and you're fishing with Reynolds, and Reynolds is like, dude, I need some fucking leadheads, right? And then Matt Florentino and Randy Spicer, and all of a sudden, and and they're going, dude, we're got we're going to the island. I need some of those leadheads. You got any left? And I'm like, I'm looking around, like, yeah, I, I want to go to the island too, right? So um, we we just had that that setup going, and then then along came came Afrin, and uh, he he had a way fancier because we weren't. It wasn't fancy. None of this is fancy. It's yeah. we're, we're not. You know, we're just making it suitable yeah right so he's got a way fancier gig he's a cool cat he's got some killer promo situation he's good at advertising mm-hmm. and and that now you got the post-war where he man that guy has killed it man he has made some killer product he's made some cool stuff um he's made it so it's totally suitable for everything that we'd like to do yeah and um what better way right like that you have it so once that started to happen everything got built around that lead head All right, guys, that's the episode. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all the support throughout the year. Hope you guys have a good, safe new year. Also, uh, next week will be the unreleased audio. So listen to it. There's a lot of of the bigger guests on there that I got approval from to release their audio. So it'll be a funny one. And uh, after that one will be Mark Agashi. So again, thank you for listening. If you can, give us five stars on iTunes, and we got shirts if you want a shirt. Have a good new year. Later.